0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Diversions Podcast, episode 2. By the time this episode comes out, um, it'll be October, and it'll be in full swing. And for October, I have made it my goal to watch something spooky or Halloween-related every day. Um, We'll see how that goes, because I'm not the best when it comes to scary stuff or, you know, supernatural thrillers and all that. I get pretty scared easily, mostly because my imagination gets the best of me, and I will just run with it. But spooky season is upon us now, and there will be plenty of stuff to watch to really fall into that autumn aesthetic. Again, shameless plug, I do have a YouTube video on top Halloween specials, 90s editions. But if you want something more current, um, Hocus Pocus 2 comes out, or will be out by the time this episode is out. Another upcoming release is Werewolf by Night from Marvel, which will be on Disney Plus, and that looks really good, and I can't wait to see that one. Um, And they also got a whole Halloween section there as well. I say check out the Gravity Falls Summerween episode, that's a really good one. I mean, who wouldn't want Halloween in the summer? It's perfect, right? And, well, on the anime side, we got Chainsaw Man coming up and Mob Cycle Season 3, and also Bleach's Thousand Year Blood War arc, so we are definitely eating this October. A lot of good stuff coming in. Um, if you had a favorite Halloween special or something that gets you into the season, let me know. I would also love to record a Halloween episode, so looking forward to that towards the end of this month i like to do something to watch every day that's spooky related. We'll see how it goes. But another news, um, thing that I wanted to talk about today is about DLC for video games. This is a topic that came across one day, and it seems like DLC for video games these days isn't really extra content, but more of a paywall for more gameplay. I know some of you will know what I'm talking about, and for those who don't, um, sorry about that, but it just sucks how the gaming industry has come when it comes to DLC. Also, for games that offer extra characters as DLC, we get the character right away. While it does make sense since we paid for it, I think it would be a better if we paid for the content of the new fighter and had to do challenges or some sort of trials to unlock the character. I think it adds more content to the game and it also feels very rewarding when you get the character. I mean, I just really miss the days of unlocking characters in fighting games. There was a good sense of accomplishment when I finally got a secret character or a hard-to-get character. Especially after all the fighting and everything, now you have to face them, and if you don't beat them, you have to go through all those trials again just to unlock them. So it just gave me a good sense of accomplishment. I mean, I did like what Smash Bros. Ultimate did with the Sephiroth, actually, and had a timed event. And if you defeated Sephiroth, you got the character early. And if you didn't, then you would have to wait until the release day. I mean, it was pretty cool because it tied into the Final Fantasy VII lore, and you basically made Sephiroth pretty hard to beat. I think it even had an extra hard mode, which was pretty good. I really like that a lot. I think more fighting games should do that, where they, you get the character, you, but you still have to unlock them. Because, I don't know, it feels pretty cheap just to pay for it, and then you just get it right away. I mean, I get it. It's our hard-earned money, but I want more experience in gameplay. And like I said, Smash Bros. did it really good with the Sephiroth challenge. But yeah. I think players must be more inclined to purchase DLC that way. I feel very few games have done DLC correctly. Uh, Battlefield 4 let players access top-tier weapons early with the DLC bundle pack and all that stuff, which should have been included in the main game, it basically became a pay-to-win, basically, which is very horrible. Nobody wants to play pay-to-win games. Not everyone has a fat wallet. And EA is atrocious when it comes to DLC. It's gotten to the point where it's better to wait for the Ultimate Edition of their games, which will have all the content for retail price. I mean, Capcom's once even did a color palette swap for Street Fighter 3rd Strike, which you can just guess what it was, it was just color swaps for your characters. Basically if you wanted a yellow gi, a Ryu, you had to pay for this content in order to have that, which is very horrible. But on the other side, there are games that have extraordinary DLC. One of my faves was Xenoblade Chronicles 2 Torna The Golden Country. I mean, Xenoblade 2 itself was an incredible game, but their DLC was just a Perfect. chef's kiss. Extra blades, quests, and items, and a challenge build, and essentially a whole other game with of the Golden Country, which explored what happened in the past in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Won't dive too much into it, because I myself haven't gotten into it, because I just can't stop playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I've been unlocking blades, finishing up quests, it's just a large game, and I want 100% it before I finish the game. And that's going to take a while, definitely. So... But if any of you guys have other DLC that you like or think that DLC has been horrible, please let me know. Reach out. Uh, You can always find me at GeekNight90. You know, send me your suggestions and all that. Really appreciate it. Um, Also, one of my favorite cartoonists is coming out with a new show called Unicorn Warriors Eternal by Genndy Taratowski, Local Chicago legend. Uh, He actually went to a high school here, the high school that my girlfriend went to. Uh, but it seems to look like it would be another hit in his esteemed library of works. For those not familiar for what he created, he did Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, Symbionic Titan, and Primal. Um, as well, as, he worked in other series such as Batman the Animated Series, Powerpuff Girls, and directed the Hotel Transylvania movies. That's a pretty esteemed resume if you ask me. Essentially, this guy knows how to animate and create great shows. Not much details have been given on this new show, aside that a team of heroes awaken early and have lost some of their memories, and need to prevail against the darkness. I mean, I'm already hooked. And it seems like there's a new artwork with updated character designs, and that looks really good. So check that out. Again, it's called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. So look it up. I think it's going to be a hit. I can't wait for that to come out. And hopefully it doesn't get canceled because of stupid Discovery and HBO Max. And definitely check out his other work. I mean, part of me is still hopeful for a symbiotic Titan return. Symbionic X and it is on Netflix, so definitely check that out. It is a top-tier cartoon. I love that cartoon so much. I guess to give that cartoon like a brief synopsis, it's basically Voltron meets a John Hughes film. Um, if you're not familiar with John Hughes' work, uh, think of things like, well, not, bro- not Breakfast Club, but like Ferris Bueller Saves a Day, 16 Candles, I believe. I'm not too familiar with all of his work, but it's all those 80s coming-of-age teenage films. But it also has giant robots, so Sid McIntyre is pretty good. It also has a very iconic scene that everybody knows about it. But unfortunately, that's not what it's all about. And if you definitely watch it, I don't think you will ever be disappointed. I mean, one of my favorite scenes is um, that comes afterwards, this iconic scene, which, again, I don't want to tell you because you just have to watch it for yourself. I told my girlfriend to watch it, and she was just like cracking up about it. And, yeah, so definitely please check out Symbiotic Titan. It's such a great show, and I really hope it does come back. It's just very unfortunate that it got canceled in the first place. Actually, not even canceled. Again, it was written off for tax purposes. And you guys know how upset I am about that because of Warner Bros. and Discovery. But the only reason is because it just didn't have a good toy deal, and it sucks. I mean... The show was phenomenal and just to cancel off, just because you guys couldn't sell a few couple of toys, I mean I also don't even remember seeing any marketing for their toy line, so that's on them, if anything. And it just really sucks because Gendy has such a great career and he keeps getting screwed over by studio departments. Well, not studio departments, but just by big name Studios and corporations, because I know the whole reason he was directing Hotel Transylvania was because he wanted to make that Popeye movie, and I saw this all at a panel that he was having at C2E2 a couple years ago. Phenomenal panel. Such a great panel. I learned a lot about behind-the-scenes works, and just the animation industry in, in general, and just how hard it is, and just, you know, his genius, I guess I could say. But yeah, he really did want to direct this Popeye film, but never got to do it. Sony didn't give it to him, and it's just unfortunate because from what I saw in his like uh concept work and the way he was pitching about it and talking about it, um it would have been a phenomenal film, I feel, especially for Popeye. Popeye definitely deserves all the love that he can get. It's coming, I mean, long-time-coming iconic cartoon. So, it's unfortunate. I just hope like with his new show Unicorn World Eternal that, you know, he finally gets I'm sure he has the respect he deserves, especially if you haven't watched Primal. Go watch Primal as well. It's an HBO Max. Phenomenal show. So look out for his new show, Warrior Unicorns Eternal. Should be good. Can't wait for it. It Looks very Halloween themed, so if it comes out in October, it'd be perfect. But I highly doubt that that's going to be the case. Um, Also, another favorite of mine is Pokemon Red and Blue will be celebrating their 24th anniversary here in America. And those are the best-selling JRPG games ever as well. It took me a while to get a red or blue version for myself and the only times I ever played was when I could use one of my many cousins' blue or red cartridges. They would never let me save the game though and the furthest I think I ever got on a play, play- playthrough, sorry, on a playthrough was up all the way up to Celadon City. And it was just crazy because every time I would play I would have to start this journey over and over again and obviously you know, you gotta pick Charmander. That was always my starter, my go-to. And everyone was just like, oh, but that's so stupid because you don't even have the advantage with Charmander until the fourth gym. Well, duh, that's the whole challenge about it. Isn't it this isn't about getting plowing over through the first three gyms. It's about challenging yourself to be the very best. But yeah, it wasn't until maybe right before uh, Red, and, Red and Gold, uh, Gold and Silver came out that I finally got myself a Cartridge of Red version. And I finally got to play it through that game and beat it. I mean, obviously, during that time, it wasn't really much skill involved in those Pokemon games. You would just either spam Hyper Beam or Earthquake and get your way through to the Elite Four and become the champion. But it's crazy—24 years of Pokemon, and to even think where we're coming now. Because next month, well, a month and a half now, um, we're gonna get a Scarlet and Violet version, and that's—it's crazy to see how Pokemon has come in those 24 years. I mean, I'm very excited for. Uh, Scarlet and Violet version. I keep wanting to say red and blue, but it's not red and blue. I mean essentially every Pokemon game is red and blue if you like color coordinate it. Someone did a chart of that online, Um, so check that out. But another thing about Pokemon is I really do miss the watercolor artwork of Ken Sugimori. When you get the chance, look up Ken Sugimori's Pokemon artwork. It is just phenomenal. Um, I did want to make a video to showcase his artwork here, but there's some changes I want to make over here in my quote unquote studio before I start recording videos again. Uh, I did one for the pilot episode, but there's some changes I want to make before we start making videos here. But please check out his artwork. It is phenomenal. His box work on red and blue is iconic. I mean, I wish they did more box covers like that for the upcoming Pokemon games. Not that the artwork is bad. It's just a personal preference of mine. But, I mean, going through all his library and just clicking on it just took me down memory lane, I guess you could say. And it's just phenomenal artwork. I mean, there's even concept artwork for beta Pokemon that just never made it into the final cut of the game. So it's really cool to see and just, I don't know, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful artwork. I really do like it. Uh, but it, I don't know. Just Even looking at old artwork for uh, Gold and Silver, which for me were my Pokemon games, it's where I really became a huge Pokemon fan, where they sunk their nails into me. Also, to me, one of the best Pokemon games ever, along with the black and white version. Those, to me, are the two top standard Pokemon games. Oh, for the series, actually, because nothing else has topped it. I mean, in Gold and Silver, after you beat the main game, you had the chance to go back to Kanto. And no other Pokemon game has yet to do that where you get to visit a past region. I don't know why they haven't done that. I mean, it's just crazy because that's the only game that has ever done it. And I think if more games did that, it'd just be really amazing. I would I would really like to see that again. Um, but Honestly, if Pokemon just remade, remade a whole new game or a game where you start at Kanto and then you get to move to other regions as DLC or expansions, that would be amazing and it could be possible maybe it's the future maybe it's something they're working on but who knows i think that's just what would sell and would be really amazing i mean i know they're starting to experiment with new mechanics in scarlet and violet with multiplayer and not following a linear storyline so we'll see where the pokemon franchise goes from here and out i mean it's just crazy that we're it's still going after 24 years crazy Another great idea, I think, would be if Pokemon did a game based off their Pokemon Adventures manga. That could be really amazing. Uh, The Pokemon Adventures manga is a great series, I feel. Um, It really dives into the lore for a lot of in-game events that we don't really get too much explore. It's just a great series. I love reading it. I wish I could afford the whole chapters, but I go bit by bit here and there. Um, Definitely check it out if you guys haven't, especially if you're a Pokemon fan. Pokemon Adventures manga, top tier. Also another one is Electric Tale of Pikachu. Actually, that could also make another phenomenal game. Pokemon definitely has a lot of untapped potential, especially now that they have been to switch over from handheld to console version. And if they really up their game, it could be some amazing stuff we see here. Well, we got one more topic to discuss here today before I end today's podcast. I mean, I know a lot of you don't want to hear me talk about on for hours and hours, and there's only so much I can talk about on my own here. Uh, Next week, I will definitely have my co-host finally joining me, so that should be exciting. Uh, But... The last topic we have for the delay here is recently a certain casting has been making the rounds on Twitter, and that is Kiki Palmer as Rogue. A lot of people aren't on board with it, and the reasons for it could be deemed pretty racist, especially if you're saying the only character that she could play is Storm. Really? Why only Storm? But I myself do think that she is a good fit for the role, and she definitely has the acting chops. She can nail that southern accent, and she definitely has that charisma that makes Rogue a standout character. If you don't think so, please go back and read the comics and educate yourself on who Rogue is. I know a lot of people are saying if we race swap Rogue, then why not Storm? Well you just can't. Rogue being black is an essential character trait for her. She is a daughter of a Kenyan princess from Africa. Whereas Rogue is well just a southern belle. And Chris Claremont, the esteemed X-Men writer who created Rogue, wanted her appearance to be based off the model of Grace Jones. Uh, if you're not familiar with her work, she actually appeared in the James Bond movie Of You To Kill. It's just very unfortunate that the artist, uh, forgot the artist's name, one second. Michael Golden. That was the artist. It was just unfortunate that Michael Golden had no clue what Grace Jones looked like. I mean, this was during a time where the internet and smartphones just weren't around yet. I mean, I remember a lot of people were throwing a tantrum over April O'Neil and rides with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being race-swapped. But if you look back at the early Eastman and Laird uh, comic books, the creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Aripo's character was race-swapped sporadically between being black and white. Until finally, one day, they just decided that she was going to be a white character. I mean, it's really crazy how people would, like, you know, get really angry over these types of things. And there was just like, oh, whatever, you race swap Superman or Batman. I'm like, you really can't because I guess their color of skin is essential to their character. And if you wanted a black Batman, we'll just create a new character. And that's what DC did. I mean, we got Batwing and Luke Fox. And then his brother ended up becoming Batman for a time in the series, uh, Tim Fox, in DC's feature state. Haven't really kept up with that series, so forgive me. I don't know too much about it. But just know, like, hey, it can happen. And if we wanted a black Superman, we have Super- President Superman. And we also have Val Zod. So it's not like you need to change or waste up a character, but for here, it's totally fine because, you know, like, Rogue isn't identifiable by her color of skin. It's just how the character is. It's crazy. I mean, I know people were throwing a tantrum over Ariel being black in the upcoming Little Mermaid movie, but it's just like, it's a freaking mermaid, man. It's not, it's fictional. Mermaids can be anything because it's fictional. Ugh, jeez. <coughs> but anyways. Thanks for listening again to another episode of the Divergence Podcast. Follow me on my YouTube channel under Geek Night. You'll know it's me with the Little Blue Night. Insta Twitter under Geek Night 90. And I should probably make one for the podcast as well. Uh, next episode, my co host will finally join me and hopefully you guys will enjoy. Uh, thanks for listening again. And this is Keddy signing out. <laughs>